The Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's different things I want us to look at in these scriptures today. And that is the fact that God sent for somebody to prepare the way, to be an announcer, a messenger. God never does anything without first announcing it. We don't always pay attention, but God announces his intentions. He uses prophets. He uses people to declare what he's about to do. He uses songs. A lot of times we... We, we listen to songs and we sing songs that have been written in inspiration and we think that's a great song. What we don't realize is God is announcing something that he's about to do. We hear, we hear messages that we don't pay any attention to and yet God was just announcing something that he was about to do. I've went back over the years and listened to different messages that I've preached over the last several years and, and has just really struck me because a lot of times I was proclaiming what was about to happen. After I preached those messages, the very thing I preached happened. And, and I thought, wow, you know, I didn't take that very serious. But it was, re- it was, it was, I was there was a declaration, a proclamation. And here God sends forth John the Baptist. We call him John the Baptist. He was born about six months before Jesus. And, of course, we know the story. Rob talked about it last week about how the, when, when Mary uh, greeted Elizabeth and told her the good tidings that John the Baptist leaped in her womb and was filled with the Holy Spirit, and there was, there was a, a, an excitement there. there there's a, a traditional belief that Elizabeth was concerned up to that point because she had not felt the baby move in her womb. She was six months pregnant and had not felt that baby move in her womb. But when Mary told, Jesus, told uh, Elizabeth the great tidings, all of a sudden John leaped in Elizabeth's womb, and they, were, and they were filled with joy and the excitement. Even though John the Baptist was born about the same time, and they were actually related, it doesn't appear that they actually knew each other because John, when he baptized Jesus, said, I didn't know who he was. But the Holy Spirit said, whoever you see the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove. So John announced him. You know, sometimes you can grow up in different places, really not know each other and uh, not, not have good understanding. I don't know what the case was. But anyway, John came preaching the gospel. And when, when he was in the wilderness in Luke chapter 3 and verses 2 and 3, 
It says, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Now, John, I don't know how old John was. He was, he was older than Jesus, and Jesus was 30 years old, so it might have been about the same age. I don't know, but John came preaching the gospel because all of a sudden, in the wilderness, the Word of God came to him. He received a word from God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about just a good idea. I'm not talking about an inspiration. I'm not talking about somebody saying, hey, I, I think it'd be good if we preach this. I'm talking about from heaven, all of a sudden, there was a deposit made into the very spirit and soul of John that lit his soul on fire, and he went out and began to preach something that was, was so different, such a, such a, a paradigm shift from anything that, that anybody had heard up to that point. Can you imagine being John the Baptist, living in the world of the Pharisees and the, and the scribes and the elders and the, and the law and the sacrifices of animals, and, and all of a sudden John comes out and begins to declare this word, repent for the remission of sins and be, be baptized, repent for the remission of sins. That didn't even fit anything of that day. It was such a paradigm shift away from the Old Testament and temple sacrifice. But when God drops something in your spirit and causes it to come out through you, people can't ignore it. It has an impact. And John the Baptist came out of the wilderness wearing camel's hair, cinched up with a leather belt with locust legs in his teeth and begin to preach the gospel. I mean, this guy lived on locusts. They're, over in that part of the world, they're big, big locusts. And, and he lived on locusts and wild honey. That's what he ate. Now, I've had to eat stuff like that. I've, 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 one time I was drinking some coffee in India and, and kept feeling something in my mouth and and. And I, I pulled some legs out of my teeth, and, and I opened it up, and I realized that they had boiled a roach in my coffee. Well, in that part of the world, when they serve you something, Jesus said, whatever they put before you, eat it. And so I drank the rest of that coffee with my teeth together, sifting, sifting the parts out through my teeth and pulled them out. So I can only imagine what John the Baptist was like. I mean, he ate locusts and wild honey. That's what he lived on. I mean, this guy looked just a little bit wild. He didn't look like a Pharisee. He didn't have the hem of his garment enlarged. The Pharisees had a competition going on, and, and they would keep trying to, the length of the hem of their garment showed their holiness, and, and they constantly having, having somebody sew just a little bit more on the hem of their garment, so they looked a little bit more holy than the other person and so there's competition going on and and they, you know what they what they wore and and uh, what, the, what their image was and all of a sudden in the midst of all this temple sacrifice and Pharisees and Sadducees and and thieves sitting in the temple stealing money from people because people bring their sacrifices and they'd say no that's not good enough the priests would say no they're blemished but we just happen to have 
an already ordained lamb over here that's not blemished that we'll sell you for a good price. And so they were selling. That's why Jesus kicked over the money tables and, and, and called them thieves in the house of God because they were literally manipulating people in the house of God when it comes to sacrifice. And in the midst of all that, all of a sudden this wild guy comes out of the wilderness and starts hollering, repent. And be baptized for the remission of sins. And it had such a power, such an anointing, such a, such a, a flame on the very words that he spoke that it ignited in the hearts of people to the point that it says that all of Judea and Jerusalem came out to be baptized. All. Now, I'm not sure how many that is, but the Bible says that all. <laughs> In other words, there was a lot of people showed up to hear this wild guy preach and be baptized. And it wasn't once in a while. It was every day he was preaching and baptizing. And people were lining up to be baptized and, and to repent for their sin, confessing their sin. Now, this, you, you got to understand, this is so far outside of the parameters of acceptable religious practice of that day and here all these people are coming out, and <coughs> John is saying, don't bring animals to sacrifice. Bring yourself. Bring yourself. And you repent. And so people begin to line up and repent of their sins and be baptized in the water. Whenever we understand the, the impact that God has, we start getting hungry for that impact. God had a, this, this de declaration had a major impact on the lives of people. It stirred people up. It caused them to start, start realizing that there was something greater to God than just sacrifice and vain oblations. They begin to realize that there was, there was a call going out. They begin to feel a call from God. The words of John the Baptist was not just words that made them feel good. It sent a tingle down their spine. His words literally caused them to feel like God was calling and reaching out to them. What a powerful thing when people can hear words and it literally burns in their spirit and causes them to come to God, causes them to respond to God in the face of opposition. I've, I've <coughs> excuse me, I've had the privilege of preaching the gospel in areas where, where Christianity was not acceptable and where there was a price to pay for being born again, and I've seen people come to Jesus anyway. Amen. They were threatening our lives for preaching the gospel. They were threatening the lives of the people that responded to the gospel, and yet people were getting saved. How does that work? It only works because there's a call. There's a power. 
there's an impact that calls people out of darkness into the light. <coughs> in the book of 1 John, not 1 John, in John the first chapter, we read the story When John showed up, it says there was a man, in verse 6, says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. John the Baptist came declaring there's a light coming. Darkness is about to be overwhelmed. There's a light coming. There's a lot of times that we hear things and might hear things for a long time and we get used to it. It doesn't have the impact that it used to have, but that doesn't mean that it's not true because sometimes God's timing is a little different than our timing. Amen. And so we have, to, we have to continue to hear the voice of the Lord and realize that there is a light coming. There is something about to change. I feel in my spirit that we are living in a time where there's something about to change. There's a lot of changes taking place. There's a lot of battles being fought. There's a lot of shaking going on. There's, there, <coughs> excuse me, there's a huge battle between the world one uh, one world government and and nationalism there are those that are trying to move us toward the global government and there are those that are trying to stand up and say no we won't be a part of that and there's a huge battle raging right now in that there's a battle raging between christianity and all other religions because it seems like christianity is the only religion that is that is legal to uh, offend and to come against, amen. That's some good preaching right there. Yeah. Yeah, you can offend ever, you, can, you can't offend anybody except Christians, and you can just offend them all you want to. I don't get that. Yeah. Oh, the, the, this offense thing is just, is just bizarre. You know, they get, they, they'll, they'll get some people to, to say they're offended, and they try to pass laws immediately to protect these people that are offended and and the next week they're not offended at that anymore they're offended to something else i tell you what when a country starts putting the weak-minded and the weak-spirited in in power over everybody else the country is doomed because it's strength that holds a nation not weakness we don't lower ourselves to the lowest common denominator and expect to survive we try to ascend to the highest common denominator and therefore we 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 overcome God has called us to be overcomers, not victims. Amen. That's a whole different, I'm, I'm about to go off in a whole different message here. Amen. I, I believe in the power of God. I believe in the blood of Jesus. I, I believe in the sovereignty of his name. I believe there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved but the name of Jesus. I believe he come to break the bands of wickedness and chains of darkness, not, not to try to empower us to live with them. Amen. He come to destroy the works of darkness. That's what he came for. Jesus didn't come to pat us on the back and say, well, do your best. He came to destroy the works of darkness. To destroy the works of darkness. Amen. 
He breaks the chains of bondage. I hear some chains falling. I hear some chains falling. There's some chains of the devil that's been wrapped around people that are falling off and chains are breaking. And there's something about to show up that's going to cause people to run out to the wilderness and say, what is this thing? What is this? In John's day, he preached in the wilderness and people ran out of the cities to hear somebody tell them they had to repent. They flocked from the cities out to hear him. Why? Because there was a power, there was a call. People are hungry to experience something greater than themselves. One well, of the powers of Christianity is we present a God that's bigger than we are. A God that can love when we can't love. A God that can, that can keep going when we can't go. And a God that has grace when we want to give up. And there is a power that is released in people by the power of God. A call that calls us out. People are hungry for an encounter with something bigger than they are, something that says God is real, something that says God is right here. He's present. I've got this little vial of oil. I didn't get to go, but down to Sanctuary of Hope and, and at New Life Temple, they had a, some ministers in from Georgia that uh, have, a, have a Bible that, that began to flow oil. And it's just been flowing oil for a long time. And, they, and it's in this, pla they, just, they put it in a plastic uh, container because they didn't know what else to do with it and it just fills this container up and they take the oil out of it put these little vials they don't sell it they don't try to make money off of it they give it away and they just try to they and and they don't promote this bible they they, they bring it they show everybody but they said hey th this was just to get you here and then they hit you with the gospel and, and talk about the power of god but people are flocking to that you know to see a bible that's flowing with oil that's producing oil and I talked to, I didn't get to go to the service, but I talked to different ones that was there, and they said, you know, we, we, we have to accept it, that it's real. It, we saw it, you know, it, and, and they didn't try to hype it up. They wasn't trying to make money off of it. They wasn't trying to manipulate us through it, and, and it, was just a, it was just a presentation, and, and they're very humble, and they're not trying to promote themselves and things like that. And they said, we just, and, and yet people are flocking to it. Some of the churches uh, uh, that had had that ministry there reported record attendance. Hundreds and hundreds of people showing up. Down at Sanctuary Hope, they, they put out all the chairs they had and still didn't have enough chairs. Over 550 people showed up on a, on a uh, Sunday night to, to see this Bible that was flowing with oil. Why? And every church they go to is like that. People just flock to it and they, they fill it up. I'm not against that. What I'm saying is that there's a hunger in people to see something that's bigger than we are. Something that demonstrates that there's a miraculous that still exists. Amen. Mountains still move. Bodies are still healed. Chains are still broken. Hallelujah. At the name of Jesus, it still works. That's what people are hungry for. They're hungry to see something that says, hey, there's more here than just the powers of man or the slide of the hand or a manipulative person. There's a reality to the very power and unction of God that is demonstrated. Another place down in Georgia, just north of Atlanta, 
the church was in, in a time of fasting and praying, and one day the pastor was at the church praying, and he saw a vision of flames on the, on the baptistry, just literally flames burning on the baptistry. And, and God, he, he felt like God told him that if, if people get in the baptistry, they'll be delivered, they'll be saved, they'll be set free. Well, that sounds, that sounds kind of weird. And, but they started doing that. And every Sunday night, hundreds and hundreds of people flocked to this church to be baptized in this baptistry. And people are being healed. They're being delivered from bondage. They're being delivered from drug addiction. They're being delivered from things. Why? Because all of a sudden, there's a representation that says, hey, there's something here that we can't do. It's bigger than we are. There's a call. There's a power. There's, there's a familiar thing touching the hearts of man that we were created for, and all of a sudden we, we feel a little tinge of our purpose. We feel a little touch of our destiny. We, we, we get a little hold of what we came from, and it makes us want to find out what it is. Paul said, I need to apprehend that for which Jesus Christ has apprehended me. In other words, what he said was God played tag with me. He came and touched me with something, and it made me hungry to follow after and apprehend what he touched me with. A lot of times God will sneak up on you and just touch you with his presence and it ruins you because then you start trying to find out. You start seeking after. You start chasing what touched you, and I got to find out what it is. You start on a pursuit after God, a pursuit after the things of God. You start pursuing something that is bigger than you are, and all of a sudden you're hungry to see it. I realize there's manipulative people out there that create things and and try to deceive people for money, but we got to stop letting that stop us. We got we to gotta stop being so cynical that we cast everything out. We refuse everything. You know, the Lord spoke to me one time, and he said, he said, my people, search until they find one thing wrong with something, and then they cast it all out. And he said, yet yeah, you'll never find anything that doesn't have something wrong with it. Because I'm dealing with humanity, I'm dealing with people, and people will always contaminate what I'm doing, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm doing it. For years, people have, have been hungry for, I, my dad has told me story after story when he was traveling with Brother Allen, Brother A. Allen, about the things that God would do to, to draw attention. And one night, they were under this, the big tent, thousands of people, this big, huge tent. And all of a sudden, fire trucks started pulling in from every direction, jumping out with their hoses. Firemen showed up. People was running from all around because the tent was on fire. They, people could see a fire, a flame going up from the top of the tent. And so they run to see the fire. They run to, they run to see what was happening, and the fire trucks showed up. And, and they, they come running under the tent. Well, there was no fire under the tent. It was on top of the tent. There was nothing wrong. It was the glory of God. What was it? It was a sign and a wonder. And it was God saying, hey, look, I'm still here. I'm bigger than you are. 
I can set canvas on fire and it not burn up. When John the Baptist out in the wilderness began to proclaim the gospel, it was just like that. It was something that they had never heard, never seen before, and yet they couldn't help but, but flock to it because there was something in it. There was, there was a call in it that says, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, we hid ourselves because we was afraid. But yet the call of God, the voice of God, whenever we begin to hear the voice of God, it makes us want to come out from our bushes, from where we're hiding, wants to, makes us want to get out in the open and say, God, I'm ashamed, I'm afraid, but I can't help but respond because your word awakens something inside of me that I used to have, that I was born from, that I came from. I was created in your image and in your likeness. And when I hear your voice, I can't help but say, I'm here, Lord. John the Baptist was a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. He was a voice. He never performed any miracles. He never raised anybody from the dead. All he did was he was a voice. He spoke the word of God, and the word of God grabbed hold of the hearts of people to the point that all of Judea and Jerusalem come running out. To see when the, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they couldn't stay away because, hey, somebody's competing with them. You know, somebody's doing something here that we didn't sanction. We didn't ordain this. And the Pharisees and Sadducees showed up, and John the Baptist saw him and said, oh, you brood of vipers. <laughs> well, you know, most, most preachers that, that are truly anointed and ordained from God don't have good political skills. Most of them just simply say what needs to be said. And that's why they don't win very many popularity contests. I've never had good political skills. There's been some times that I thought I wished I did. But, but when a voice, when the voice of one crying in the wilderness begins to speak, people can't help but respond. Because it calls to the very creative power of God inside of each individual that they can't turn away. They can't turn down. I've seen that call go out all over this world in every kind of culture and every type of people, and I've watched people respond to the call of the gospel. And in my heart, I'm thinking, how, how did that work? I can't communicate with them. I don't even know how to relate to them. I don't even know how, how to relate to their culture. And yet we preach a gospel, we preach a word, and people respond, and they want to they be saved. And you think, how did that work? It only works one way. It's the fact that the call of God, the word of God, still touches the very innermost creative part of people and calls them back to the creator. And then John with all of this impact, with all of this ability to draw people, this was his message. There's one coming that's mightier than I. 
I'm not even worthy to loosen the straps of his sandals. That was his message. Come out, repent, and be baptized, but look, there's somebody coming that you're not even ready for. I can't even measure up to. I'm not worthy even. And then one day John saw Jesus coming down to the shore. He was out there baptized. He saw Jesus. He looked up. He saw the, the presence of God on him. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. John began to announce the very thing that he had been declaring. And Jesus come down on the water, and John said, Oh, you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, Oh, no, I'm smart enough to realize that you don't go against what God has ordained. My Father sits you in position. He empowered you. He established you. And I have to come and submit to the Father's anointing. And when he did that, then the Holy Spirit descended out of heaven in the form of dove. And John gave witness to it. He said, I saw the Holy Spirit descend out of heaven and sit upon him. I know he's the one. And yet when John was in prison, he sent his disciples and said, go ask him. I just got to make sure we didn't mess up here. I got to make sure I fulfilled what God told me to fulfill. Go ask him, are you the one or should we be looking for another? They come and ask Jesus that. Jesus didn't say a word. He just turned around, healed the sick, cast out devil, just did the works of God and turned around and he said, you go tell John what you just saw. What was he saying? You go tell John that what he preached for years and declared is happening. Hallelujah. Listen to me. There's a hunger in people. There's John the Baptist preached for a long time. There's somebody coming. There's somebody coming. There's somebody coming. Place after place, John just kept saying, Oh, people. You think this is something, there's somebody coming. There's something about to happen that's greater than me, greater than this word. There's somebody coming that's greater than anything I can say or do. Oh, the church, it's time we start raising up our voice and say, oh, folks, somebody has arrived. There's somebody here that's greater than we are. His name is Jesus. Amen. His name is Jesus, for the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came into his own. His own didn't receive him, but as many as received him to them gave him power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. There's, a, there's somebody among us that's bigger than we are. There's a power that's here that's greater than our power. There's a power that's greater than the manipulation of man. They can outdo anything that men can come up with. And I believe, I feel in my spirit, stand with me this morning. I believe in my spirit that God's about to show up and show out in some ways that we haven't seen in a long time. I feel it in my spirit this morning. As Sister Val declared war and pressed through 
in spiritual warfare this morning in worship, I felt the presence of God, and I felt the Lord saying, oh, look, I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. I'm about to show up and show out. I'm going to show myself to be powerful and strong. It's a little vial of clear, pure. They had this tested. It's just, it's just pure oil. They're not really sure what kind it is, but it's pure. This little vial of pure oil is just a little whisper of God saying, Hey, do I have your attention? I need your attention. That fire burning on that baptistry that causes people when they step into it to be touched by the very power of God. I thought about going down there and trying to, trying to find that church and see what, what I might get baptized myself. I don't know. But I just know this, that God is whispering to his people and said, hey, I just need your attention. I've, I'm doing some stuff to get your attention because I've got to do something much bigger than this. What God's wanting to, wanting to happen is the fire that's burning on that baptistry in Georgia to transfer to the hearts and lives of his church and begin to burn in the hearts of his church. Oh, come on, people. God, God has not forsaken us and he has not forgotten. Father, we just open up to you today. We yield to you today. And Lord, we just ask you, do what you do. Lord, do what you do. Make a spectacle, Lord. Cause people to say there's something here greater. Lord, we're hungry for you.